The concept of the men in black can be traced back to the 1950s and 1960s during the early days of the UFO phenomenon. The term men in black was popularized by author Gray Barker in his 1956 book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. Barker claimed to have met mysterious men who warned him to stop investigating UFOs. According to reports and testimonies, the men in black are described as individuals who dress in black suits and hats, often wearing sunglasses. They are said to possess an aura of strangeness and otherworldly demeanor. Some accounts describe them as having unusually pale complexions, strange facial features, or even appearing non-human. The primary role attributed to the men in black is to suppress information and intimidate witnesses of UFO sightings or encounters with extraterrestrial beings. They allegedly visit witnesses or researchers, often arriving unannounced and displaying an in-depth knowledge of the person's personal life and the incident in question. They employ various tactics to discourage people from sharing their experiences, including threats, harassment, and warnings of dire consequences. Theories surrounding the men in black suggest that they are not simply government agents, but rather enigmatic figures associated with secretive organizations or even extraterrestrial entities themselves. Some theories propose that the men in black are part of a global cover-up to conceal the existence of UFOs and alien visitations, with the aim of protecting national security or maintaining control over advanced technologies. The lore of the men in black has had a significant impact on popular culture. The concept inspired numerous books, films, and television shows, most notably the Men in Black movie franchise starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. These fictional adaptations often portray the Men in Black as a covert government agency that monitors and regulates extraterrestrial activities on Earth. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality. About time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. It is a rough start morning. Not for me. Yeah, not for you. It's easy, easy as Sunday. It might as well be Sunday morning, Christian, for you. But uh, no, to, to kick things off, last night, our son decided to, I'd say he went to sleep for sure. I couldn't say in absolute knowledge, but our son decided to go to sleep somewhere around 1130 at night. We put him down around 730. He popped up around, I don't know, 745. Just good morning, starshine. The earth says hello and at that point he would not go back down though i tried numerous times china i just got china that harry potter game so we were like hey maybe you play it today she's like oh maybe i can play it then nope 10 minutes after we put him down he pops back up would not go to sleep 
forever. And so here I am, you know, we get together at what, 5.30 in the morning. I wake up around four to get everything set up and get going. And so now I'm exhausted. And then I set everything up and then it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. And so I'm sure at this point, people look at me and they just think, I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. And they are correct. Yeah. I, I walk on eggshells. So. He's throwing things at me, man. <laughs> I request the cone of silence. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I actually loaded this bad boy up with alien quotes, some men in black quotes, and it seems fitting for today's episode in which we're going to dive into the men in black. This is actually one I've wanted to do for a while, but it took a while. It took a while to put together. I, want, I was thinking, I was like, maybe I'll do full stories on just men in black encounters or people that have seen them or what their stories are, blah, blah, blah. But it turned into, you know, I was like, oh, I'm actually just going to look into kind of the origins of everything and we'll, you know, round her out nice and tight with a few personal accounts from people over the internet do you think men in black are still a thing i do think that i don't i you I don't ne- hear stories as much anymore no yeah it's kind of weird that and obviously we'll dive into this further but it's kind of weird that the with the number of ufo sightings that people talk about very few actual men in black run-ins after that do you think maybe it's changed because all of a sudden it got into the media and they made a movie about it that the men in black so maybe they changed their color they're like now we're the men in turquoise nobody sees it coming especially during june no i i'm not sure i I think it's maybe they're just on social media now and they just message people like hey don't talk about that shit could be it's like who are you well we're the men in black a a skeptic might say they never existed but yeah well the believer might say you okay over there I was trying to find a nice uh, <laughs> I was like reading through these sound bites. I have them like, is there anything in there? Not oh, yet. Oh, do you have a list of them up there? I have a few. Like there's like four oh, okay. different banks, but they only show eight at a time. So I got to like scroll through. That makes more sense. I was like, how does he figure out what they are? Yeah. And the title, there's like very few characters you can actually title them. So I have, my mind has to really work hard to figure out what was that? Like that man in black one literally was man, not stable. That's me. I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. And it's very accurate. That's not what we're here for. You didn't tell everybody where to find us yet. If you are new to the show, please take a second to rate and review. Apple Podcasts and Spotify are kind of the heavy hitters, but wherever you're at, honestly, leave a few words what you think of the show, or if you hate the show, then what, why are you even listening, dude? What a strange thing to do. That's what people do now. What a strange thing to do. Yeah, your voice doesn't have to be heard unless it's bringing us great tidings of good joy, like Christmas time. But go ahead and leave those reviews. On Spotify, I'm telling you, it takes three seconds. You literally tap the little rating icon, you push five stars, and then it closes. There's no words you have to type. There's nothing. It's so easy. And it really does help us grow and that's kind of we've been having some steady growth over the last you know probably year or so every little bit helps and if you could just do that for us take a few seconds out of your day take a screenshot of it send it to us we'll praise you on social medias ourselves where you can find us at freaky d pod on instagram facebook and youtube and at tft paranormal on tiktok if that's more your speed if you have a story of your own or if you have a run-in with the men in black and you remember it yeah and you remember it they didn't zap you with the little buzz thing the little light shiny thing. silver light whatever it is obviously it's happened to us because we don't remember what it's called yeah that is true that's true also like and subscribe like and subscribe on youtube if you're listening on youtube we're trying to get those numbers up i am personally working on a couple different shows i know christian's working on a couple different shows trying to piece together some fun videos for you guys in the future i know we don't have we haven't had bonus videos for a while and that's because we're in the middle of everything we're trying to you know flesh out some ideas but good stuff is coming that way so subscribe early 
get in on the ground floor. If oh yeah, I did say if you if you have an encounter with the man in black of your own, or you know someone who has claimed to have seen him or had a run in with him, send that story into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. You know, we love to hear from you. We've been getting a lot of emails. It's been nice. It's ticked up. It's very nice. Yeah, we love hearing from you guys. Love talking to you guys. Social media, emails, that's the way to do it. Or leave us a brief voicemail at 801-997-0051. That could be stories. You could talk about the show. You could just shower us with insults and or compliments. Dealer's choice. Anyway, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, in a brisk 10 minutes, who's ready to hear about some Men in Black? We might not remember doing this episode at the end of the day now that we're talking about it. They're going to show up. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll get pictures. No, we won't. All right. So I'm going to start this off with uh, some notable names in the Men in Black community. Tommy, so, Tommy Lee Jones? No, just when you hear Man in Black, you think of a few different names. You know, John Keel, you got your whatever that other guy was that I mentioned in the beginning. I, my brain is not working today. I, I hope everyone understands. It's been rough. So bear with me. They understand. Brain doesn't work. Yeah, it stopped working long ago. Yeah, they know. Many moons. That sounded oddly racist. It's fine. I'm going to start with my personal favorite, Dan Aykroyd. Who? Dan Aykroyd? Are you serious right now? You <laughs> know Dan Aykroyd. Okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was like, you have, because your daughter said the exact same thing. I was like, I was talking to her last night. I was like, in the 10 minute span when my son was sleeping, I said, did you know Dan Aykroyd had an encounter with the men in black? And she was like, who? I was like, get out of this house. You don't know who Dan Aykroyd is. No, that's my daughter. And she left. She hasn't come back since. Shut. Aykroyd is known is Nyan. Turn to Australian there for a second. Aykroyd is known for his work in movies like Ghostbusters and the Blues Brothers, which could easily be mistaken for the Men in Black, if you think about it. Most of these sightings could just be Blues Brothers sightings. I we mean, don't know. Some of the Men in Black have to go to the, have to do jazz or blue, no, have to do blues. Yeah, it's not the Jazz Brothers, all right? Come it's, on. It's almost the same. No, I'm just joking. Jazz is not. How is, dare you? Jazz is way worse. No, it's fine. Than almost any music. Okay. I said what I said. So Aykroyd's encounter in various interviews and public appearances, Dan Aykroyd has recounted his encounter with the men in black. He claims that his fascination with UFOs and paranormal phenomena led him to investigate and research such topics extensively. Hey, Dan Aykroyd, if you're out there, hit us up. The gang at thefreakydeaky.com. According to Aykroyd, in the early 1980s, he was staying at a farmhouse in upstate New York when he witnessed a series of unusual events. That Lemony Snicket had nothing to do with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One evening while he was asleep, he woke up to a loud noise and noticed a cone-shaped beam of light shining through his bedroom window. Aykroyd claims that the light was so intense that it lit up the entire room. Shortly after the incident, Aykroyd received a phone call from Brittle, a technician working on Aykroyd's landline. Brittle, who was terrified, told Aykroyd that his phone line had been mysteriously tapped and he had overheard a conversation involving two men discussing Aykroyd's recent UFO research. Hmm. Aykroyd also mentioned an incident in which he and his wife witnessed a large black triangular craft flying silently above their property. He claimed that the craft moved slowly, emitted no sound, and exhibited unconventional flight characteristics. Following these events, Aykroyd alleged that he was visited by the men in black. He described the individuals as two tall, pale men dressed in black suits, hats, and sunglasses. Blues Brothers. According to Aykroyd, hmm. they had an air of formality and strangeness about them, as if they were not entirely human. Aykroyd claimed that the men in black arrived unannounced at his doorstep in a black sedan. 
They warned him to stop discussing his UFO research publicly and threatened serious consequences if he did not comply. The encounter left Aykroyd feeling intimidated and convinced that the men in black were attempting to silence him. Aykroyd has continued to speak out about his UFO experiences and encounters with the men in black in interviews and documentaries. He has expressed his belief in the existence of extraterrestrial life and has remained fascinated by the subject. And I can't remember, I might have to look into it, but if my memory serves me correct, which it often does not anymore, there was an interview with Dan Aykroyd where he was like on a street or something like that. And you could see a black sedan pull up like on on frame and him kind of like look back and like almost nervous about something. And I remember watching that footage at some point, but I wonder, I mean, you know, you know me trying to find rational explanations. I request the cone of silence. I will not talk the rest of the show. <laughs> it is done. <laughs> but um, like you try to look at the rational things. Maybe it's the FBI. Mm. At least, and I can't say this with everything, but since he's a star, I could see that the FBI following him around. I think it would be interesting for somebody to to request the FBI files, Freedom of the Information Act on Dan Aykroyd. And, yeah, and then wait 16 years for them to go through all the loopholes to get some, it to you. I mean, you, you do it and then wait. But it would be interesting, to, especially because of his life in the 80s, 70s mm. and 80s, when he first became a comedian, it was a lot wilder. And the FBI, that was a little after yeah. Hoover, but they were still getting like, into someone crap. out here having fun? Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> Classic. Government agents. It's always those jackasses. So, yeah, yeah. Just joking. Just Government kidding, agent. FBI. We know you're listening. Uh, the next one is Albert K. Bender. One of the earliest accounts associated with the Men in Black comes from Albert K. Bender, an American ufologist. In 1953, Bender founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau, the IFSB, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. What a dumb name, Flying Saucer Bureau. He claimed to have made significant progress in understanding UFOs and intended to publish his findings. However, shortly after announcing his intention, Bender abruptly shut down the IFSB and said, this is a dumbass name, I'm out of here. No. But it sounds, yeah, it sounds like a, a foreign government's CIA type. Yeah. Like the Russians, FSB. There you go. So he shut it down and then withdrew from public ufology. And now he just practices in private. Now, I don't know what that means. But uh, Bender wrote a book titled Flying Saucers and the Three Men. This guy's not really great with titles. No. Not really great with titles, I'm noticing. But you know what? Back then, that was probably a... a bestseller. Yeah, banging title. They're like, wow, everything I need to know in one short sentence. I mean, why? when you look at all the flying saucer imagery and the way they talked about it back then, yeah, I guess it was the way to go. The subtext was probably on words and paper. <laughs> in 1962, in which he detailed his experiences, he claimed that three mysterious men in dark suits visited him after the closure of the IFSB. According to Bender, they warned him to cease his research and not discuss certain aspects of the UFO phenomenon. Bender's accounts of the men in black became a foundational element of the emerging conspiracy theory. Dun, dun, dun. And you know what this tells me? If it is actually government agents or something like that, like some kind of government agency, they're definitely listening. There's no way they're not. Well, now they don't have to listen. They have a, a computer that'll listen and, just hear. and alert it, alert them if the, there's something dangerous. Yeah. It's much more efficient. They go through a lot yeah, more talk stuff. Yeah, talk to me in 10 years when the computer takes over and we're all like, please, chat GPT, tell Why, us. How will I talk to you? I won't be allowed to talk then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you'll be wearing the cone of silence. Yeah. 
Hmm. Next is Gray Barker, a writer and ufologist, played a crucial role in popularizing the concept of the men in black. In 1956, Barker published the book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. They were really fascinated with the term flying saucers back in the day. I mean, when I was a kid, I heard a lot about flying saucers. Don't they know they're UAPs now? Just kidding. That's a garbage term, too. Flying saucers is kind of like a, a derogatory term now. Like, oh, you see some flying saucers, do you? Which delved into the experiences of Albert K. Bender. Barker expanded on Bender's... There's too many bees. Barker... Too many bees in the building. Barker expanded on Bender's encounters with the enigmatic figures dressed in black, giving birth to the popular phrase, men in black. And Barker's book presented the men in black as a sh as shadowy agents who silenced UFO witnesses through intimidation and threats. The book's impact led to widespread interest in the topic and helped solidify the image of the men in black in popular culture. Which brings us obviously to John Keel. Before you get there. Too late, I'm already there. Bender. Yes. Which show is he from? Futurama. Wonder, <laughs> wonder if that's a coincidence. Maybe. It's a weird coincidence, so. Yeah, it, it makes sense that they would, like, because they reference weird shit like that so yeah like that uh i don't know if you noticed in that bigfoot children's book that you got that you read my son i think it's the sheriff maybe it's the uh, page where bigfoot's wearing like cop clothing mm -hmm. and the name on it says patterson classic <laughs> i didn't catch that but that yeah. is classic always paying attention to the tiny details the krampus one has german words in it oh your favorite yep john keel an american author and ufologist further contributed to men in black lore through his book the mothman prophecies Never heard of it. Yes, you have. In 1975, while investigating sightings of a strange winged creature known as Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Keel encountered witnesses who claimed to have been visited by the Men in Black. Keel's accounts described the Men in Black as sinister, paranormal entities rather than government agents. He portrayed them as enigmatic figures. If they say enigmatic one more time, I'm going to lose it. Sometimes these type of uh, books and things, like, things in this genre, mm. they use words like that sometimes. Enigmatic. Yeah, well, I can't read it at 6 a.m., it turns out. Enigmatic figures with otherworldly characteristics such as odd appearances and supernatural abilities. Keel's work further added to the mystique and fascination surrounding the Men in Black phenomenon. Now, the Men in Black conspiracy theory gained further, and I say conspiracy theory as a joke because obviously I believe it, gained further prominence through its depiction in popular culture, the Men in Black movie franchise. Did you know this was a movie, Christian? Of course I did. It was actually pretty funny. It's one of the few comedies I enjoyed. Yeah. Fun fact, it's a movie. 1997. Whew, that's a long time ago. Presented a fictionalized version of the MIB as a secret government agency that monitors and regulates extraterrestrial activities on Earth. The movies starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones blended humor, action, and science fiction elements, creating a lasting imprint in popular consciousness. The success of the film franchise solidified the Men in Black concept as an iconic part of contemporary ufology, and urban legends, cementing its place in modern folklore. So anyway, that's that's pretty much a basic rundown of the lore, pop culture, all those fun references. Uh, what do you think about the Men in Black, Christian? I am sure that there were Men in Black. You remember that video? I think it was like a hotel or some like corporate building or something that like that. That really weird video. That... Yeah, shows two guys walking in. I mean, obviously, it could have just been businessmen, but at the same time, it lined up with what the story was about people coming and like pretty much visiting this dude, they, right? They were they didn't look right if I remember if I remember correctly. Yeah. They didn't they didn't move like a normal human. And it's funny too because I started a rewatch of Fringe lately, mm. and they have a character in there. They have characters in there that are basically Men in Black. If you had to wager a guess, would you say they were just government, like a government agency of some kind? Yes, for sure. 
even after like the, and we'll get into a little bit of like, we're about to dive into some stories, but just to touch, there's uh, a lot of people that have claimed to have encounters with these people, uh, even, you know, Dan Aykroyd's where he was like, they weren't entirely human. There was something off about them that was almost like something pretending to be a human, how something that was pretending to be a human would act, you know? Right. Like mannerisms that they display and stuff like that. Almost like the men in black where the, the alien as a human was like a sugar water or whatever. Like maybe, maybe the government put people in those positions with a certain kind of personality. Yeah. Because through their, uh, their MK ultra program, they realized the effect that that kind of a personality could have on a regular person. Mm -hmm. If you meet somebody that is maybe a little, I don't know if it would be divergent would be the right word. It, It might make you uncomfortable. Or if they're just like sociopaths or something like that, like they have no emotional. I think a sociopath would could could or come, as a psychopath. I think they could both come come across as a normal person. I think it would have to be a different type of. A, there's certain personalities, certain people you meet that when they talk to you, you're like, "This is really awkward," even though they don't realize it. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, because they have a different way of communicating stuff. So maybe if it is a government agency, they would put those people in that position because it enhances the, the the threat. And if it's not a government ag- agency, then it's aliens. And there's like, obviously, we all want to believe it's just aliens. That would be fun. Or like an alien government agency, you know, like the whole treaty or whatever that was formed. This was some offshoot of that. Like, all right, well, we get to go and harass people that have seen UFOs into not talking about them. But it is kind of weird. Like we talked about, there's so many sightings. You would think that the men in black would be everywhere. Right. But they're not around anymore. So is it just like. They uh, might be around. You, you don't know they're not around. You're just claiming we, that. In, in this era where we, everybody has social media, we don't hear about them anymore. So they're doing something different. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> does that feel good, Christian? Is that what you wanted? I love it. So that's what that feels like. That was Batman. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into one of these stories. This is from Reddit and it is by user. My shit is perfect. Oh, so we do get a more modern story then. Okay. It is a Reddit story. And it's, well, kind of, but it's not his experience. It's his dad's. Okay. So it kind of, you know, it is. Like I said, they change tactics. There you go. They change tactics. You can find them on Facebook now at Men in Black. You don't don't find them. They find you. They can find you on Facebook now at whoever you are. In the huge coochie tunnel. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just wanted to play that one because that's a fun one. Um. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, that's the the comment on Facebook that I heard the other day. I'm like, what the hell? Did you not remember that? No, no. And like, I didn't touch on it in the episode because I was like, we've poked at this enough, and I've laughed most of the episode. But you talked about how like tight of a fit it was, and all this stuff. Like immediately after saying that, and I was just sitting there like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes, of course, the coochie tunnel. So this is from my shit is perfect. And it's his dad's experience. As a consequence of this not being my story, I can't insist that, quote, I know what I saw and all that. All I can tell you is that I believe him and he has no reason to lie to me. My dad has over a dozen stories like this. He grew up in rural Illinois. Hate that word. Rural, not Illinois. Near a woodsy area. UFO activity was apparently high back then. I don't know if it was just my family or the whole area, but my dad and my grandpa would sit on the porch and watch lights fly around their house for fun. This was a long time ago when my dad was a kid. He's in his 60s now. They would watch the stars dart around like laser lights and laugh about it. Shit's mind-boggling to me now. I've only seen that kind of thing happen once or twice, and it freaked me out. 
Beside that, a bunch of other weird shit would happen to my dad. Some of it is pretty similar to the stuff described in this thread. I think it was like a UFO sighting thread. Actually, isolated earthquakes in Illinois that nobody else felt, bright orbs floating around in the sky and following him around, etc. It's been a while since he told me these stories, but one of the particularly weird ones has always stuck with me. FYI, I'm completely aware that it sounds like my dad was just fucking with me, and trust me, I'd prefer to believe that, but I have good reasons to trust him. For starters, he's never lied to me about anything else. He wasn't the type of person to make shit up for show. He also had absolutely nothing to gain from making this shit up. He never tried to publish it or even write it down. He would just talk about it sometimes. Anyway. So my dad was in his teens, and weird UFO shit has been happening his whole life at this point. He's out in his driveway for whatever reason, doing whatever people do when they live in a woodsy rural area. Say rural one more time, dude. His parents aren't home. They're out shopping or at work, whatever. Suddenly, this big black car pulls up into the driveway, tinted windows completely black. My dad just kind of watches it pull in, not sure what to think. Something to remember here, not only is this a rural area. Said it again. I said don't say it again. It's three times now. I'm yeah. tired of the rural area stories, Christian. It's a hard, hard word to say, right? It's like, it's like some of the words you make fun of me for. Mm, no, the words I make fun of you for are incredibly easy to say. You just cannot pull it off. So anyway, rural area, classic. Oh my gosh, you did it. Yay. I did it. Yeah, I know. I've done all of them. I just hate saying it. But it's 50 years ago. People were a lot more trusting back then. Nowadays, you'd be crazy to leave your front door unlocked. But back then, it was no big deal. So the strange black car pulls into my dad's driveway. It's making no noise at all is crazy which my dad noticed right away the door opens and out steps a super tall fair-faced white man he has blonde hair an extremely well-tailored black suit and black sunglasses on right away my dad could see there was something off about him he looks too perfect flawless skin a childlike smile and very overdressed for a hot summer day he looks distinctly out of place the man walks up to my dad and asks for his name my dad, around 15 at the time, asks him why he wants to know. The man smiles and explains that he just wants to ask him a few questions and he means no harm. Bemused, my dad agrees, but he's still weary of this strange man. First of all, the tall white dude asks my dad if he lives here. My dad says yes and asks him why he wants to know. The man has a completely relaxed, non-confrontational tone and seems almost giddy, like he was really excited to be having this conversation. His childish, overzealous grin hadn't faded in the least. He asked my dad if he had seen, felt, or heard anything that he felt was outside of the ordinary. My dad said sometimes, and again asked why he wanted to know. It's like all this dad has to say is, why do you want to know? Uh, there were dads like that back then. This was a 15-year-old, though. So, oh, okay, he's talking mm, to yeah. He He was 15 at the time that this man pulled in the driveway. Well, which makes me feel like this is the way the dad was, too. Or, and everybody probably was in this town, especially with outsiders. And in suits, you know, people didn't, people in those areas didn't trust the government back then either. Yeah. So what are you trying to buy my land? Anyway, the man just kept grinning. And by now my dad was feeling pretty comfortable. He had never seen this guy before in his life. He didn't appear to be any kind of government agent. His behavior was far too unusual. Suddenly the man's demeanor completely changes. His grin disappears and he looks worried. Without so much as a goodbye, he opens his car door, gets inside, and drives away, still making no noise at all. Picture a car driving with no noise. Weird. Must be an electric car or an alien car. Yeah. It was Elon Musk in the backseat like, what do you think of the new Teslas? Yeah. Or the first Teslas, I well, should say. Future Elon Musk has obviously traveled back in time with his Tesla. 
Yeah, that's a perk of Tesla's, if, if you were unaware. You know what, though? What if Elon Musk was dressed in black with sunglasses? His personality would, would, be, would sound like some of these stories. A little bit. Yeah. So you're saying they just have to have Asperger's? I mean, you don't have to, but I think... The government agency full of Asperger's people. Full of people acting a certain way hmm. that may make you think... Walking that. it back. Okay. No, I mean, that's okay. what... No, like, they can have Asperger's, Christian. They, they can be could. a government agent full of Asperger's. It's okay. It's and okay. They, they determined through MK Ultra that worked. And now we're talking about it. I request the cone of silence. <laughs> so still not making any noise at all. A couple minutes later, my dad's parents came home from shopping. Now for the really weird part. My mom saw the same fucking dude 30 years later. She was in a bookstore looking to buy something. Don't really know the details. But what details do you need? If you're in a bookstore, you're probably looking to buy a book. Yes. Anyway. Unless it's Barnes and Noble. Yeah, in which case you could be trying to buy a stale pastry and... A puzzle. And the angry look of strangers. Well, you make any kind of noise. When she turned around and noticed this tall, fair-looking blonde guy in a black suit sitting at a table in the cafe 30 feet or so from my mom. So it was Barnes & Noble. Had to have been. Yeah. We sold it. He was reading a newspaper. Sitting across from him was another dude dressed exactly the same as the blonde one. They still looked strangely out of place. Somehow too perfect, too clean. Not an issue I ever have. Now, my mom had heard this story from my dad before, and she actually recognized my dad's description of this man. He definitely stood out. So she's kind of taken aback, trying to figure out if it's actually the man my dad had seen all those years ago. The blonde guy notices my mom looking at him. Again, his demeanor completely changes. He stands up, turns around, and quickly walks out of the bookstore with the second guy right behind him. What the fuck, right? I'm actually freaking out a bit thinking about this. I'm 22 now, and I have to wonder if I'm going to run into this awkward blonde stalker. It's like the men in black sent their most inept agent to follow around my dad, or the most obvious alien ever is trying to study my family in our natural habitat. I don't fucking know. I know this is all very vague. I'm going to bring it up to my dad tonight and try to clarify a few details. I'll be honest, I've pushed the story out of my head because it weirds me out. That is kind of weird. That's yeah. weird to see the same man 30 years later. Sounds the like exact it. same description, exact same suit, exact same everything. I mean, if you could trust that it's the same person. And I mean. not just like some you know, stockbroker or something like that sitting at a coffee shop. Yeah, 30 years is a long time to remember exactly how somebody is. To but an extent, yeah. But that would mean the dad is 45 at that point. Probably told that story so many times enough that he's told it enough that the mom knows the description of the dude based solely on hearing that story from the dad and, multiple times. And then when she sees finally does see somebody that just happens to be dressed like that and look like that. I mean, for one thing, but, the guy didn't age. It's obviously. Yeah. So that it, would that's where the creepy part comes in that as well as like the as soon as you notice, like, why is there any if you're just a random guy at a coffee shop? Or at a bookstore that has a coffee shop called Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting across talking to some other dude that's dressed exactly like you. And you notice some woman looking at you. Is your first reaction to stand up and walk out in like a hurry? Like just complete demeanor change. Like, oh, gotta leave. You know, that's that's like, that's pretty suspicious. Like there wasn't anyone like he didn't like wave or like smile like, hello. You know, like most people do in a social interaction like that. Unless it's a, you know, building full of Elon Musk's. Maybe that's what he, he does. Maybe he's like, you know what? Someone's looking at me. Time to leave. Buy my Teslas. Dogecoin. Anyway. um, Yeah. It's just weird, man. And it's weird that the car didn't have any sound. Could, that, that alone would be enough to set me off. Like if a car pulls up making no noise at all. Again, it could just be a flaw in memory that makes it seem like mm. it doesn't have sound. No, because that was the first thing he noticed. Do you always notice 
the sound of a car anymore? If it pulls up to me, I will. Do you really, though? Okay, let me tell you this. You're used to cars pulling up to you your entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not sure I really listen for that, though. But you know, you would know if it wasn't making any sound. You're so used to the sound of cars that you don't think about it. But if it pulled up to you not making a peep, you'd be like, what is this? This is not a car. Maybe my memory just filters out all that useless noise. Oh, my God. Tell us the next thing. The next thing is you're wrong. Okay. You're wrong. I've been wrong once or twice. Do I have to find it? I am wrong in the Christian world. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. I really do need to whip out the other one and make it like bigger so I can just be like pushing buttons all over the place. People be like, I really stopped listening to that show after Scott got that soundboard. So anyway, to, to bring it into the episode, here you go. We are the men in black. There you go. Ah. We did it. That's what you needed to hear when he stepped out of the silent car in order for you to actually believe as a man in black. That is very strange for him to come like, I'll have this weird smiley personality like, oh, what did you see? Anything strange, boyo? And then he's like, yeah, what of it? And then out of nowhere, his demeanor just changes. He gets back in his car, doesn't even say bye. Just, Oop, I'm done. Or, I'm sorry, no sound. So just for the folks at home, I mimed a car driving away with no sound. He did. That's the stuff you miss from listening. And he even made the little, like, with his his lips, he, mm -hmm. he made the like impression of sound without making sound. I, I was very impressed. You're talented. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that a time or two. Ouch! Sorry, coffee burned my throat. <laughs> I was like, drink it quick so you can talk. Drink it faster. This coffee has never been more needed than this morning, let me tell you that. But Scott, what you're drinking isn't coffee. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Ah, uh, that's all. I know, you're, you've played that out. Much like me and the soundboard, you've played that out. I it's, just realized it, and you didn't. No, part of the running something into the ground is the humor of me knowing that I'm running it into the ground while I'm running it into the ground. Isn't that kind of fun? It is. It's hilarious, because then you're like, I'm, it's not like I care. It's not like I'm like, oh, God, what are people going to think? You're officially a dad now. I'm a, I'm Batman? A dad. Oh. That's the type of thing. Oh. That, like, dad's it's not as cool as Batman, but I guess we'll take it. So that's what that feels like. I can't believe he did that voice for that movie. I can't believe it either. Sounds like Clint Eastwood with a fucking cold. This next one is from KKM 1992, and I've titled it Men in Black Suits. Really hard to title things when it's all about one subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. Should have just called them all the men in black. That would have been on point. Men who quack. Man who, what? Men who quack. Okay. I don't know. Just. I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. This is a story of my father's. Man, a lot of dad stories in here. Shout out to all the men in black dads. That sounded a lot worse than <laughs> that sounded, that sounded a lot worse than I anticipated it to sound. But anyway, uh, also worth noting while looking into men in black stories, I came across several, and by several I mean plenty, and by plenty I mean a ton of stories about black folks. <laughs> Oops, you know that I was like, that's not for the episode. What's this about? It's the wrong show. I know. Yeah, well, kind of, but not entirely. We're talking about men in black, not black men. I don't know what to go, where to go with that. You know what? I'm, I'm closing my chocolate factory. That is <laughs> not the right sound. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, that was not the right sound. Damn it, Scott. Pull it together. I request the cone of silence. Steve Carell. I wonder. I think it's from Get Smart, actually. It's not Anchorman. Anyway, KKM 1992, Men in Black Suits. This is a story of my father's. It happened in 1982 while my father was stationed on a military base in New Brunswick. 
One night, my father's best friend and his girlfriend left just after dark to go see Tron. <laughs> nice. There was no movie theater near the base, so they had a long drive ahead of them. Damn, all that work for Tron, huh? What a disappointment. I know. They said goodbye to my father and left. After about an hour later, my friend's father and his girlfriend were back on the base. The car pulled in, and my father immediately noticed that it was damaged pretty badly and covered in several different colors of paint. My father asked them what had happened, why they had not gone to the movie. They brushed him off and went to bed. Dad said they looked pretty shook up. A few days later, my father got out of his friend what had happened. My father's friends were driving along a stretch of highway with not much around but trees and hills. When they rounded a bend, they noticed that a bunch of strange lights were coming from over a hill just ahead, where no lights should be because there was nothing around for miles. Just at the base of that hill was a parking lot for a park of some kind with a narrow entrance. A bunch of cars were pulling into the parking lot to investigate the lights, so my father's friends pulled in too. You're gonna be late for Tron, my friend. You better get fucking pedal to the metal there, pal. Everyone got out of their cars and were about to start hiking to the top of the hill when a large disc with flashing lights rose above the hill's peak, emitting a, a loud, strange sound. Everyone who was there ran for their car and tried desperately to crash their way out through the narrow entrance as only one car could fit through at a time. Cars scraped together, breaking parts off, transferring paint. So that explains the paint on the vehicle. Yes. For everyone that's like, hey, what explain? What's the paint on the vehicle about? That's it. They weren't like graffiti aliens or anything. My father's friends drove back to the base as fast as possible. My father's friends took him to the spot that it happened. There were car mirrors and other miscellaneous parts littering the parking lot. A few days later, men in black suits showed up on the base looking for people. They talked to my father's friend, then sent him on his way. My father asked him what the men wanted to see him for. They said that he better shut the fuck up and don't tell anybody about anything that happened if he wanted to keep his military career. It'd be nice to try to find some other witnesses from that parking lot. Especially if there's like, you know, 10 cars or whatever. Be like, hey, what's going on on this hill? An alien rises up. They're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. Men in black got them. The only reason the guy isn't dead is because he was in the military and there's a, there was a deal between the military and the men in black. Thanks, Eisenhower. Hey, man. Or saved, was that Truman? It saved his life. It's funny going back to that spot, seeing a bunch of car mirrors and shit just littering the parking lot. You're like, wow. You imagine the park ranger? I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, what the? What about pack it in, pack it out, fellas? No. These damn kids and their drugs. Yeah. But no, back then, it was the 80s, right? Yeah. Them, these kids and their satanic worship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and their marijuana plants. Anyway, did you just get a visit from the men in black? <laughs> that's just, that's very funny to me. <laughs> Y'all ain't laughing, though. Anyway, yeah, so I've got one more story, and then I've got an interesting little snippet from, uh, for your, you know, for a skeptic. I know you love being skeptical and stuff, and... I'm not skeptical about the men in black. Maybe that they're hmm. aliens. So you think it's an actual, like, it, these things actually do happen. It's just not what people think they are. I think they're investigators that are, that at, in those days wore black. That's why we don't talk about it anymore, because now they wear different clothes. Because back then, I mean, everybody in that like say the FBI or government yeah. agency pretty much dressed the same. True. Now we have the men in blue jeans. But like I said, they might have used interesting uh, interrogation tactics to mm -hmm. actually scare people they were no, talking to. There probably wasn't a lot of rules for no. them. It's like, hey, make sure this person doesn't talk. Do whatever you have to. Well, cool. All right. Yep. See you later. Or, or here, here's here's what we, here's our latest technique we, we uh, figured out in the jungles of Laos or something like mm. that. 
and less less tested on the U.S. population. Yeah, if they really do be like that. That's a little bit more sinister than the movie. Mm, not necessarily. One of my favorite things about the Men in Black movies was the whole like picking up the Inquirer magazines to get mm. the intel. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And exactly how it's done. Grew up all my life thinking, look, looking at those things while I was waiting in line at the supermarket with my mom. I know. I was never even allowed to look at them. Really? Like, I remember, I think it was just because my dad knew it was such bullshit. And he's like, I don't want you to even start believing any of that. And here I am. It didn't work, dad. It didn't work. You don't tell, you can't tell kids not to do something. This next one is a Men in Black Encounter from 2004. Oh, getting closer. And it's by Midnight Sax. There's some jazz for you. Oh, you I like it was that like, jazz? Like sax. Like sax? Testicles. Why? <laughs> Why? Okay. Midnight sax? Mi midnight testicles is what you're... Okay. It's like midnight snacks, but they're sax. Mm, gotcha. I would prefer not to go into that further. Anyway. You're welcome. Thanks for that. Midnight sax... S-A-X says, prior to the MIB incident, I went on a camping trip to Joshua Tree National Park with a few friends. On our last night there, we were looking at the stars while in front of the campfire. That's when I witnessed a couple of glowing blue UFOs in the night sky going at amazing speeds. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and my friends were equally amazed and mystified. I tried to take a photo with my flip phone, but the UFOs moved too fast for me to get a clear image of them. On our drive back home, we talked more about what we saw and were really excited about it. Not long after, I noticed a black car following me from a distance. I switched lanes to make sure the black car was in fact following me, and sure enough, wherever I went, the car followed. Then when I glanced at my rearview mirror again, the car suddenly disappeared without a trace, which was really unsettling. The next day, after running a few errands, I started driving home, and when I arrived at my house, I saw a black Cadillac parked in my driveway. I tried to convince myself that it wasn't the same black car following me a day ago, but my gut feeling told me otherwise. When I got out of my car, two men in matching black suits, light gray dress shirts, black ties, and black fedoras approached me and asked if they could ask me a few questions about what I witnessed the night before. I asked them who they were and to see some credentials. They claimed that they worked for a division of the U.S. Air Force. Their appearance looked what I can only describe as plastic and expressionless and they both had a pale olive skin tone. They spoke in a raspy, monotone voice, and their speech was very precise, sounding almost synthetic. They also had a very cold and intense gaze. Some of the questions they asked were, can you describe what you saw? What do you think you saw? Did you take any photos of what you witnessed? Were there others who might have had recording devices or cameras? Do you know if anyone recorded the incident? Have you spoken about this incident with anyone else who wasn't present with you that night? Did you find any unusual debris at, at the location you were? Would you be withholding any important information from us? Of course, I didn't answer most of their questions honestly, and I did withhold a lot of information as to what I saw and who I was with. They ended their questioning by strongly advising me to refrain from talking about what I witnessed with anyone and to forget the incident ever happened. They also strongly implied that they would be keeping an eye on me in case I decided to ignore their demands. After the encounter, I had this constant ominous feeling for a while and always looked over my shoulder wherever I went. I don't know who these men were or how they had knowledge of what I saw that night, but I believe that they were the men in black. Since that encounter, I've been really hesitant and careful about who I share my experience with, but I finally decided to share it on humanoid encounters. The years following that incident, I've only had a couple of UFO sightings at night on separate occasions, 
but I haven't had any more visits from the odd man dressed in black. Not yet, anyway. Hmm. Here come the odd man dressed in black. Galaxy Defenders. Is that a song? That is the song from Men in Black. Oh, I guess I never paid attention. Yeah, well. So those were, those actually, that feels more like actual Air Force people. You think so? they're dressed in black. They're playing the same role, Mm. which, and and I didn't think about it till this morning and we started talking about this subject, but, and maybe it's just the stuff I I research. But but you saw them too. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But it's like, is this a interrogation tactic to scare the crap out of people? Cause obviously yeah. it worked, but this is a really recent story, more recent than I'm used to 2004. Yeah. But it is Joshua tree, which is, you know, is pretty popular for things like this. Mm-hmm. Also it's right near a base mm-hmm. cause it's right near 29 palms. So who knows? The one question that kind of caught me off guard, the other ones all seemed kind of normal, but when he's like, did you, find any debris yeah that was kind of weird and and being out in the desert like that i could see you seeing being able to see stuff in the air flying around a lot easier than other places because there's not as much light out there debris is kind of a weird question though if nothing crashed right like they're just flying and parts fall off oops i mean you have or maybe test site boom some things do fall off those those planes especially that when they're like a newer like they're say they're testing something Sometimes things fall off. Doesn't always mean that the plane's going to crash, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, and the thing is, I can totally see it being like weird interrogation tactics or whatever, because I'm 100% certain that the government does that in other aspects of, you know, it's not like this is a new concept. I can see that being a thing, but at the same time, the mannerisms are what kind of get me. And it could be a personality thing, like where they find these cold, weird, strange men that uh, maybe recent divorcees or something like that, and they just have nothing left going on for them. And they're just like, did you see anything out there? Did you happen to catch any debris? But at the same time, it's just weird. It strikes me as very strange. And I like that there's stories. Like, I did, when I first watched the movie, that's obviously when a lot of people got into Men in Black. You know, especially my, I was like seven years old when that shit came out. Right. So I watched it when I was probably like 10 or 11. That was my first, I thought it was all made up. I was like, oh, this is a really cool thing. And then as I got older, like when I first started looking at this type of stuff, you know, you come across stories. And I think the first actual Men in Black theory that I saw was that video of those two guys walking into that hotel lobby or whatever. And it was unsettling a little bit based, if you watch that with the story that was attached to it. Right, it's creepy. You're like, this is really strange and I don't understand what's going on completely. But that was like my first taste of it. And then seeing it's like, oh, after like alien abductions or like alien sightings, UFO sightings, all that stuff, you get a visit from these folks and they tell you to shut the hell up. So you missed out on some of the fun of watching Men in Black the first time if you were little, like my age. Mm. Because you'd always heard stories about Men in Black, especially growing up in a town like yeah. Palmdale. Yeah, so with me, the it military. Like a Hollywood movie. I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah, funny, Will Smith. <laughs> well, with me, you know, Palmdale, Lockheed, and all the aircraft industry, I mean, you hear these stories, people talking about these kind of people just showing up at the bar yeah. where all the, air, the people that work at the, the aircraft companies are. Maybe we got to start going to the bar near like J-Bear or something like that. Uh, bars are different now. It's all hipsters and country I mean, music. Most people want to stay home and play their video games now. Instead yeah, of hell yeah. They can drink at home and play a video Call of Duty. They don't have to go to a bar and talk about their their war years. Yeah, they do that with their Xbox friends. Yep. Well, calling duty. Until some little 12-year-old starts blowing them away, cussing at them in their squealy voice, and you never play Call of Duty again. 
Yeah, and you hang up your headset and you just look at your friends and you say, I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. The end. <laughs> uh, now to bore everyone with a skeptic take from Peter N. Roycewitz. Roycewix? I don't know how to pronounce this name. It's R-O-J-C Wix. Royce, who do you think? Rojic. A J? Rojewix? Wait, what was the last? How do you? R-O-J-C-E-W-I-C-Z. Maybe Rojewix? That's a tough one. I'm going to say Rojewix. That sounds best. Sounds best, too. Yeah. So there's a, a book out there by Peter M. Rojewix titled this, A Skeptic Take from Peter M. Rojewix to Appease Christian. This is exciting. I do not agree. He wrote a book called The Men in Black Experience and Tradition, Analogs with the Traditional Devil Hypothesis. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Just like I thought I'd get a kick out of one more loud mouth pop. At least it's you and not me doing it. So this book explores the phenomenon of encounters with mysterious figures known. And I actually found this on JSTOR. So, oh. and I did not feel like reading the book because it sounds boring as fuck. So I just had an AI model summarize I, it for me. I also got to agree. Sounds boring as hell. It does. Yeah. It's a long title, very wordy and boring content. So if you guys are ready to tune out, please feel free for the skeptic part. Tune back in in about five minutes. So anyway, it explores the phenomenon of encounters with mysterious figures known as the men in black and draws parallels with the traditional devil hypothesis. The author examines the historical and cultural background of the MIB phenomenon, focusing on its similarities with religious and folklore narratives surrounding the devil. Wow. That's quite a stretch. That is, even for you. Yeah. Rosewicks begins by discussing the characteristics attributed to the MIB, such as their peculiar appearance intimidating behavior, and ability to manipulate minds. These traits align with various descriptions of the devil found in religious texts and folklore across different countries. The author suggests that MIB could be seen as contemporary manifestations of the devil archetype. The author further explores the psychological and symbolic aspects of the MIB encounters, drawing from Carl Jung's concept of the shadow. It's Jung. It's Jung? Carl Jung. I'm not going to say that. Jung. It's Jung. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Carl Jung. Yeah. Is that, uh, that's closer. Well, it's like, entirely too racist for me. I'm a white man. It's Jung. Ex Mr. Carl Jung. That's concept. it. <laughs> He's just, is he white? Yeah. Is he? Cause that's, how do you say? No, stop. It's Jung. It, it, Jung. Carl, Carl Jung. I request the cone of silence. You're the one that keeps going. From Carl Jung, concept of the shadow, Rosewicks nailed it. Rosewicks argues that the MIB represent the repressed aspects of the human psyche. These encounters can Bullshit. be viewed. Yeah, that's right. You tell them, Christian. You say, I believe this. These encounters can be viewed as confrontations with the shadow self, forcing individuals to confront their fears, secrets, and unresolved issues. Additionally, Rosewicks. I say that differently every time I'm yes, positive of it. Delves into the historical and sociocultural context surrounding the MIB phenomenon. He discusses how the rise of UFO sightings and conspiracy theories in the mid-20th century coincided with the emergence of the MIB encounters. The author suggests that these encounters might serve as a modern-day adaptation of the devil hypothesis reflecting the anxieties and uncertainties of the time. In conclusion, Rosewicks presents the men in black experience as a contemporary manifestation of the devil archetype. By examining their characteristics, psychological implications, and cultural context, the author highlights the parallels between the M&M &M, &M phenomenon, the MIB phenomenon, and traditional narratives surrounding the devil. This analysis <laughs> provides a thought-provoking perspective on the significance and symbolism of encounters with the men in black. But all that is, of course, complete and other bullshit. Are you mocking me? That was like the worst skeptic you could have ever grabbed. That's what I do, Christian. Okay, you want a skeptic? There you go. He thinks it's all the devil. 
or he's drawing parallels to the devil hypothesis. And then he brings in Carl Jung, like, let me use this, this famous guy to like support my argument that it was the subconscious devil. <laughs> that's just, that's very funny to me. <laughs> Y'all ain't laughing though. <laughs> that's where you're wrong, Will Smith. We are laughing. I just, yeah, that's like, I'm okay with being a skeptic about some things, but like he made a whole paper, yeah, a research paper or, mm -hmm. or whatever, published it mm -hmm. and saying that men in black are just our fascination with the devil. Like there's no devil crap in the men in black yeah. other than maybe some of the religious people that think aliens are devils. But even then, and if you think about it in the Christian world, that was a little demonic. This is, a, this guy is a, a shill for the men in, men in black, the government that's this message. Yeah. Don't, I proved it for you. You proved it yourself. Yeah. Don't trust Rosowitz. You're trying to. Rogeswicks. If you can not pronounce his name, how are you supposed to pronounce anything else he talks about? Can't even trust the damn name. It's okay. I'm skeptical of that skeptic. It will be dope. I can't believe I said that in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like to really grab him. Like, he's never going to say that ever again. I would like to meet the men in black. We can interview him. I think that's a great idea. Maybe let's work on Dan Aykroyd first. Let's get them both at the same time. It was aliens. And then after that, we can go for men. Actually, if we get Dan Aykroyd here, it might kill two birds one stone. They might just show up. We have enough chairs. They'll be like, wait a second. The, the freaky deaky? The two weird dressed guys can share a microphone. Two weird dressed guys. Yeah, they probably have one hive mind anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably wouldn't even freak them out to sit on each other's laps. It's a weird visual. Thank you. Haven't the men in black been said to not have any hair? I think that might be a trope of some kind. Dude, I met, I, I worked with a guy that had whatever that is. Alopecia. And it was, like, you get used to it, but it, at first, it, like, the facial, it's weird to see the facial expressions of people with that, because it's different. Yeah. So, good trope. That's, I think that's the guy in Fringe, too. Hmm. Or maybe all of them, but I know at least one of the main guys, he's, he, they, Made him shave his eyebrows or something like that. Gotcha. So are you saying that all people with alopecia are weird and should be viewed differently? That's not it. what I'm saying. I'm just saying what it is, what happens is facial expressions look different. And if you do that, humans have trouble with it on a, on mm. a level, maybe a subconscious level. On a spiritual level. No. Then you're going back to Rosherwitz and his devil. And the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I got for you guys. If I find more men, we might do another one. If I find, if we can find more like good stories, you mentioned Betty and Barney Hill. I didn't throw them in the episode. Um, there's, I'm sure there's other stories out there. If, if you guys are aware of a Man in Black story that we didn't cover that you think would be really interesting to hear in for a future episode, send it in to gang at thefreakydiggy.com or comment it. If you're on Spotify, I started posting questions like Q&A tidbits and stuff like that with each episode. So throw your thoughts in there. If you're listening on Spotify, just leave a comment or two. Shout out to Shelby and JC. They commented on what a treat the military episode we did where you're talking about coochie tunnels and stuff. That was a hilarious episode. Look, I'm, that, that episode was a little wild, but it was probably the funniest episode that we've ever done in the history of the show. Like I laughed so hard in that shit. And that's good from time to time. There wasn't too much laughter in this episode. Sorry, just kidding. You know I, what I'd like our listeners to help us with? Is what do you think the men in black are wearing now? How how are they going going about, you know, because obviously this work still goes on. It's probably a, that business is probably booming right now. Yeah. Why are they flying under the radar? Why don't we have many modern men in black stories? 
What did they change to? Maybe they got better at suppressing it. Yeah, how do they surveil us? True, true, do, true, true. You know, do they put something in the water of these people afterwards and then the people just are gone? There's gotta be some, there's gotta be a change. If the, if the men in black existed for the reasons we think they exist, they're still out there. The truth is still out there, folks. We wanna hear from you guys. What do you think? Um, and I think Christian, maybe remind me in the future because my memory is so shit these days. Let's set up a Facebook group, a TFT Facebook group. Okay. I can get it going and then we can just, people can come in, talk about episodes, whatever they want. I'm sure it's not going to be popping for a while, but if you want to get in, again, ground floor stuff, hop in, start discussing stuff, you know, whether that be episode ideas or, you know, talk about the episodes we do release or if there's stuff that we got wrong that you think we should correct or blah, 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 whatever you want, we're here for it. Let's just have a community. A community. Like-minded, like-minded people that enjoy a smile with their paranormal so anyway that does it good night if you're on social media again find us at freaky deaky pod on instagram facebook and youtube like and subscribe like like and subscribe and at tft paranormal on tiktok and we will see you right back here next week where christian will be diving into the astral realm the astral realm he's gonna slip into the spiritual realm for a second again and we're here for it we'll see you there on the freaky deaky Review the show. We love you. Goodbye. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? That wasn't very one. Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> anyway. Oh, classic. <laughs>